Have you ever heard the expression, the elephant in the room? It means that there's an issue that needs to be addressed, but is being ignored or simply not acknowledged. And in the realm of healing, there's a few elephants in the room, things that people have questions about, but don't necessarily know how to answer or uncomfortable to answer. Well, one of those is we pray for healing, but nothing seems to happen. Well, we're going to be discussing this issue in a new series we're beginning in this episode called What to Do When Healing Isn't Immediate. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Behold Podcast, a ministry of the Gospel Mission Network. I'm your host, Steve Hannett, and I am passionate about God's promise to heal you. I know exactly what it's like to get a scary diagnosis. I was diagnosed with cancer many years ago. And the Lord taught me exactly how to stand in his healing promise, and I was completely healed. The Be Healed podcast is all about sharing this knowledge with you and helping you to receive the healing that God has covenanted in his holy word. So if you or someone you love needs healing, or you even desire to be used by God to bring healing to others, the Be Healed podcast is for you. It's filled with interviews, testimonies, and teachings that are all aimed to equip you with a really strong biblical understanding of how to release God's power and anointing in your life. We're so thankful that the Be Healed podcast has now reached over 112,000 downloads in 116 countries. And I want to thank you all for listening. And we pray that we will continue to be a blessing to you. In fact, we're going to begin something new that I want to talk with you about because we're going to be answering at least one question every episode. And what are these questions? Well, they're the questions that you have about healing. And I want to invite you to send them to contact at everyhousenow.org. And you can just put your name there. You don't need to give much detail, but ask your question. Maybe you've had something that's been burning in your heart or your mind for a while. Maybe there's something that's concerning you. Well, go ahead and ask it, and I'll be covering at least one question each episode that people have about healing. I may even dedicate the whole episode to the answer to your questions. So don't miss out. Again, just email your question to contact at everyhousenow.org. We're so looking forward to hearing from you and helping you to work through the questions that you may have about healing. Let's get ready to listen to this message today. Again, part one of what to do when healing isn't immediate. I promise that it's going to encourage you. It's going to establish hope in you. It's going to help you to resist the lies of the devil. And it's going to cause healing to break through in your body and life. So here's the reality that many people experience. We pray. We even pray with great fervency, but we don't see results breaking through immediately. Now, when this happens, it's very common for discouragement to set in. In fact, a lot of thoughts, unhealthy thoughts, begin to invade our mind and hearts. Sometimes we think God has failed us. Maybe that we did something wrong. Maybe that God's promise to heal is not true. Maybe we think God didn't even hear us at all when we prayed. Even worse, 
Maybe we think God doesn't care. Or maybe we begin to think thoughts like God wants me or my loved one to be sick. Well, trust me, I have compassion for all these thoughts because they are seriously persistent thoughts from the enemy when we don't see healing break through. We are tempted by the enemy to doubt God, to doubt his word, to doubt his covenant, even just to doubt his goodness. And so there's two things I want to establish in your understanding. The first is we need to understand that not all healings are instantaneous. Now, praise God, we've seen many instantaneous healings. I mean, healing breaking out immediately upon the name of Jesus Christ being released in prayer. But many times healing is not instantaneous. So when healing doesn't come instantaneously, we need to first understand that that may be a very normal thing. That doesn't necessarily mean that there was a problem or something's happening that's wrong. The second thing I'd like to establish is your understanding of how to navigate through those times that the healing is not instantaneous. Why? So we're able to receive it. You see, what happens between the time you begin praying to the time you begin seeing the breakthrough come is very vital. It's a time that we cannot look left or right. It's a time we need to remain extremely steadfast in faith. Too many people are living in sickness and even lost their lives because they did not understand these two truths. And doubt set in, they gave up early, and they lost the battle. They succumbed to fear, to doubt, and they were grabbed by the enemy's lies, and they stopped contending for their healing. I want you to make a decision today that with all your heart and with all your mind, you will not give up. If you have prayed and healing has not manifested yet, do not lament. God is faithful. The Bible says he cannot lie. It's impossible for him to change. And he loves you. And he's desiring for us to hold his promise. The reality is that God never gives up on us. And he's always contending for us to receive his covenanted promises. So let's make that decision right now. I'd even encourage you to stop the podcast recording and and just take out your journal or record somewhere your commitment right now that says, God, this has been hard, or Lord, I've been discouraged, but I'm making the commitment to not give up. I'm going to learn. I'm going to stand. I'm going to overcome because God, you are too good for me to stop. You've sent Jesus Christ to the cross to die for me to bear my sickness, to bear my disease. Lord, I declare I'm not giving up in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and stop the recording and go ahead and make your commitment in writing to God because today is a brand new day. Okay, I hope that you've done that because recording things like that are important. It's a commitment. It's a profession. It's an action of faith that's going to begin to change the climate that your mind and heart and life are in.
Well, let's talk about the fundamental challenge, or at least one of the fundamental challenges that exist of why this is so difficult, why we get discouraged when healing doesn't break through immediately. Well, one of the core issues is the tension that often exists between our faith being in our sensory knowledge versus our faith being in the Word of God. In other words, we often want to walk by sight instead of walking by faith. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul the Apostle says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, that's the goal that we're supposed to have, and that's the way we're supposed to live, that we walk by faith in God's Word, not by what we see, not by what we hear, not by the things that our senses take in, but we need to move to a higher platform of the Spirit and begin to trust God's Word, even in the midst of what seems like circumstances that are not changing. You see, we give up because we didn't see. We give up because we didn't get a new report from the doctor. But faith is a creative power. Faith creates. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 through 3 describe this amazing reality of what faith actually is and does. Let's take a look at it in Hebrews 11 verse 1. The Bible reads, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed or created by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. I want to encourage you today that faith is about creating things. Faith changes circumstances. Faith brings new situations into reality. So when you're in a situation where you don't see something change, faith is what will begin to change it. But if we're moved by what we see, if we're moved by that which is already created, when we get discouraged, we won't change anything. We wind up living with what the circumstances are. And this is why there's this big tension between what we hear him say versus what we see in our reality. Now, I know that you understand what I'm speaking about because it is common to all people that we at times will struggle with believing the things we hear God say versus the things that we're seeing or feeling or experiencing. This is really true if you are experiencing pain, because when you have intense pain in your body, it seems that that is what gets the primary attention. But be encouraged. God's grace, love, and power are going to break through to enable you to stand victoriously. I even declare and speak over you that you're going to be experiencing a shift in your life. The shift is going to be that when you pray, you are going to hold God's word in faith. And even if you don't see immediate results, you're not going to waver, but you're going to stand strong in your faith and get your breakthrough. One of the greatest illustrations of 
someone who struggled with a delay in receiving God's promise in his life was Abraham. Now, this history wasn't specifically about healing, but the entire life of Abraham and the perseverance, the patience, and the faith he needed in his life to receive God's promise all perfectly apply to the same thing that we struggle with. You see, God promised Abraham something when he was about 75 years old, but Abraham didn't receive it until he was about 100 years old. He waited 25 years. So if there's anyone who could help us to understand how to overcome the discouragement and doubt when you're waiting for a blessing, it's Abraham. Now, I don't want you to think you're going to have to wait 25 years for your blessing. Praise God, no. In fact, I really encourage you to stick with this series and listen to every one of the messages in it, because we're going to learn that Jesus has already provided it, the promise is already there for us, and we just need to understand what's happening in spiritual dimensions as to why it doesn't seem to be manifesting immediately. Well, we'll get back to more of that later, but let's revisit Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12 is the first time that God begins to speak to Abraham. Now, his name then was Abram, and God promised him that he was going to make a great nation from him. He was going to have many descendants, that he was going to be receiving amazing land, the promised land. And God even promised that he was going to make his name great, and that through him, all the families of the earth would be blessed. Now, Abraham at this time in his life is not really understanding God the way he did at the end of his life. He was beginning to understand God, but he didn't have a lifetime of experience in Genesis 12. So Abraham is acting like we would act. He He's wondering, where's the descendant? Where is my blessing? Lord, you've said something, but where is it? Well, we pick the story up in Genesis 15. It begins this in verse 1. God says to him, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Such encouraging text. Abraham receives a promise in Genesis 12, but God's grace and love come through and declares to him that he is going to be so blessed that his descendants shall be more numerous than the stars in the sky. And He's trying to tell Abraham, you're right now struggling to believe that you'll receive one child. 
And you want the one who isn't even from your body to be heir. But no, don't think small like that. Not only will one son come from you, but a multitude upon multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes of descendants will come from you. This is the way God is. We we often will hear a promise from God and then we'll change it. We'll we'll figure out how to make it smaller. We'll figure out how to make it so it could fit into our little itty bitty faith. <laughs> but God has grace and he says, no, come outside. Look at the stars of the sky. See if you're able to number them because that's how big my blessing is going to be to you. I pray that you will not allow anyone in church, out of church, in your life, in your family, anyone to diminish the greatness of the promise of Almighty God to heal you. In discouragement, when we don't see that something's coming, don't change the promise. Don't lessen it. Don't allow your own reason to come into your head and heart and somehow diminish it so that you can live according to what your natural expectation would be. No, God desires for us and our expectation to be from him. That means the blessings mighty and exceedingly abundantly more than we can think or ask. Now, what was Abram's response to this? Well, the Bible says in verse 6 of Genesis chapter 15, he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. You see, even though Abram was going back and forth and vacillating and kind of discouraged, He received the encouragement of God. He received the word of the Lord. Remember, in verse 1, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He believed the vision. He believed the word of God in that vision. But more time happened. More time passed. And the blessing still is not immediate. Well, what does Abram do? Well, in Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 through 3, it describes that Sarah still had no children. And Sarah begins to tell Abram, well, why don't you have a child with my maidservant Hagar? And then we'll be able to have a child. And Abraham listens and he follows what Sarah says. He kind of takes matters into his own hands. He tries to make it happen in his own strength. He should have been relying on God. Well, we know that a son was born. It created a lot of strife in their household. And historically, many people believe that the son that came from this disobedience or this lack of faith, his name was Ishmael, is actually the very beginning of the Islamic nations that struggle and strive with Israel today. Well, we can see that taking matters into our own hands does not ever produce something good. So right now, if you're praying for healing, be very careful about the decisions you're making in the space of praying for healing and receiving that provision of healing. We must make sure that we're holding steadfastly to God's word and allowing his power, his word to do the work. Now, Genesis 17 again shows the grace of God. Now Abram is 99 years old. 
And the Lord appears to him and he declares to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Wow. This is our God. Even when we waver, God's strength comes in and says, take heed. I will be found faithful. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will do what I said to do. And that's God's encouragement in Genesis chapter 17. A little bit further in the chapter, God even tells Abram in verse 15, it says, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarah your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, and I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 99 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. Wow. God goes further in Genesis 17, and he says in verse 21, But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. God begins to explain to Abraham that he is still going to be found faithful. But did you catch it? Abraham kept going back. Well, God, if it's not going to happen, then let's do it through Ishmael. And God keeps encouraging him. No, I'm going to be found faithful to give you a son. That son will come through your body and through Sarah's body. And I will be found faithful. I just thank God that in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our unfaithfulness, in the midst of our doubt, God's word keeps coming through and telling Abraham, I will be found faithful. Well, praise God, Genesis 21 comes and it says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah born to him, Isaac. There was a point I want you to know that Abraham started with faith and even though he wavered at times, his faith grew and grew, and grew, and came to a point of obedience. Because I want to tell you that at 90 years old, Sarah would not naturally be able to have the biological ability to bear a child. But Abraham chose to believe God, and God saw his heart of faith. In Romans chapter 4, Verses 19 to 22, we learn exactly what happened in Abraham's heart and mind. It says, And not being weak in faith, 
He did not consider his own body, already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Yes, there was a time in Abraham's life when he did not really understand the faithfulness of God, but his faith grew and he came to a place that he no longer considered his body or Sarah's body. He didn't consider the circumstances. He didn't consider anything but God's word. It says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. I tell you, this is what God is desiring to happen in our bodies, our lives. He doesn't want us to consider the diagnosis. He doesn't want us to consider the symptoms. He wants us to consider his faithfulness, his power. He wants us to get to the place where we will not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But God wants us to be strengthened in faith. God wants us to give glory to him. God wants us to be fully convinced that what he had promised, he is able to perform. This is all about faith. When you pray for healing and you don't immediately see the, the symptoms depart or you don't immediately see the fullness of the healing breakthrough, that is the time to believe. That is the time to not waver. That is the time to be fully convinced that God is going to do what God said. These things are what we should all aspire to. Rebuke discouragement. Rebuke doubt. Rebuke waywardness. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Only believe what God said. Jesus even said in the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verse 40, he said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Wow, it's powerful. God truly wants us to remain steadfast in faith, looking only at him and his word. I'd like to review a few lessons from Abraham's life. Number one, when God makes a covenant, he keeps it. Number two, the promise of God may not always show up immediately, but it is going to show up when we believe. Number three, faith is vital. Abraham was justified by faith, and so we also are justified by faith. Number four, we need to be sure to obey God's word and follow through with obedient action. Somebody may ask, but what did Abraham have to do? Well, Isaac wasn't created with an immaculate conception. In other words, Sarah's baby wasn't a virgin birth. In, in other words, Abraham at 100 years old had to be physically intimate with his wife, Sarah, at 90 years old because they had to obey God and believe God and live out their faith in God in order for God to bless them. They had to take God at his word and come together physically for Isaac to be born. If Abraham and Sarah only thought about it or didn't really believe it, they never would have been physically intimate. 
Isaac would never have been born. It required faith. It required continued persevering faith. And the last summary point I'd like to give you is we must not waver. We must not consider the circumstances we're in. We must stand strong and only consider God's faithfulness. Well, I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And there's a lot of key elements that are important to learn about the idea of what to do when the healing isn't immediate. And I really want to encourage you strongly to listen to each of these messages because they each contain a critical element that if even one of them is missing, you may not understand truly how to receive the blessing. We're going to be taking a look at some of the miracles in the Bible that Jesus performed that did not have immediate results, but nevertheless did break through. We're going to discuss the difference between when it's good to rest in answered prayer versus when we're just simply waiting too long and it's a sign that we need to pray again. We're going to take a look at Daniel and how he fasted and prayed for three weeks and discuss the operations in the spiritual realm that take place from the time we pray to the time we receive the answer to our prayer. We're going to discuss how to receive your healing when you pray and also the ideas of how faith and patience inherit the promises of God. My goodness, we have so many great things to discuss about this, and I believe that healing is going to break through in your life. So don't miss the rest of this series. Tell a friend about it, and I want you to become part of the Be Healed community. So Send us a text. Just send the word healing to 94,000. We've got a free gift for you. But I want you to be able to get connected with us and be the first to find out of events and different things taking place in the ministry. Again, my name is Steve Hannett. I'm pastor of Abundant Grace Christian Church and founder of the Gospel Mission Network. Find out more about us at gospelmissionnetwork.org. And we look forward to hearing from you. Remember... I'm looking forward to your questions, so send the question that you have about healing because I'm going to start answering at least one of them each episode. I'm looking forward to it. Just send an email to contact at everyhousenow.org. That's contact at everyhousenow.org. God bless you. We look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you for listening to the Be Healed podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett, and you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel, just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you.
Be Healed is a production of the Gospel Mission Network, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer.